Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you so much for joining us. Three co-hosts here to introduce today. Welshie, g'day to you. Very g'day, Tony. Much better than last week. Yes, good. Good to see that you're smiling again, Welshie. I love to see that big smile on your face. Uh, Lyle, g'day to you. How you going, mate? Doing well? Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Excellent. That's good, mate. I'm up and about. Scratchy on the voice, but I'm okay. No, no, I haven't. I've tested negative four times in this week. What have you tested positive for? I'm positive I've tested negative. Okay. Uh, Jules, hello to you. What's the story? Morning glory. No, not much. Not much. We're going to have a good chat shortly to uh, one of the stars of Deathmatch Wrestling. You guys caught up with him at DMDU in our live podcast. We'll do that shortly. Uh, I would say he is the star of Deathmatch Wrestling. Well, well, some would disagree that he's a star. What? What's what? his name, Tony? Who? Our guest. Alex Cologne. Hmm. Very hmm. good. Very good. You think, I'm, worried worried about you think I'm stupid? Well done, yes. buddy. Hey, that only, took, that only took Don't ask a question if you don't want it. to know the answer to it, Tony. Hmm. I'm assuming uh, you've edited in the right name now that you've got it right. Correct. Uh, Tony Marino, good episode last week, guys. A uh, lot of feedback from the old people. Yeah, like um, there's a lot of good feedback from the History of Victorian Wrestling Facebook page. Check that out if you um, if you want to relive a bit of history of pro wrestling in the state. Um, a lot of people with really fond memories of Tony, and it was great to hear some of those. Of course, we're always brought to you by the Australian Wrestling Network. Check them out. They've always got new stuff going on each week, and uh, this week will be no exception. All right, so the boys did a live podcast. Unfortunately, I was unavailable due to working at the Grand Prix, uh, but the boys were there having a chat at DMDU in their live podcast, and this is how it went. Welcome to a live podcast of On The Turnbuckle, um, the podcast that... James Sly from PCW called Overhyped. I've never overhyped this podcast. Um, but it is the most bu- stupendous on the turnbuckle that we've ever had. And I'm joined by a man who sits on the fence so often that he's got permanent splinters. Lyle, very good day. How you going, mate? You doing well? Yeah, I've been better. You're, you're running the show today. That's different. Well, Tony's not here, so what choice do I have? Oh, well, smooth sailing without Tony, that's for sure. <laughs> Setting up was not smooth sailing at all. Um, the first or second time? The third. 
there and you can hear Hawko in the background. When can you not hear Hawko, to be honest? It's true. What if I have this? Roaming. Roaming mic. Fuck off, Hawko. You've already got to do your job today, so go away. Who's that? The interrupting Yeah, fuck off. Um, playing his music. The mics are a bit... Uh, but we've also got a bloke who, every time I've turned on my TV this week, he's been on it. I turned on some Tommy Little comedy special for some reason. Bloke in the front row getting bothered, Jules. Then, I'm watching ABC hard quiz. Jules. Can't be a very hard quiz because he won. Um, I was too scared to watch Pornhub. Welcome, Jules. What's the story? How are you doing, champ? I'm good. I'm good. And someone's paid for an ad spot on this podcast. Can you believe it? Is it Fake Taxi from Pornhub? <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, it's someone who robbed us in WrestleBrainia last week. Here we go. Jeff, do you, you want me to share the mic with him? No, not really. Okay. I paid good money to Tony Shebeki Esquire to be on this this thing. Who? What you call it. Tony. Who's Tony? Tommy Konecki, as you call him. Uh, Tom Konecki, yeah. I paid him good money to be on your podcast, so I'm here to talk about WrestleMania that you lost last no. week. You're finally out of my head. Am I? Well, I certainly hope so. We've got a show this afternoon. $10 if people say pour up, they can just come in. Yeah. Look, Jeff, I was robbed last week. I was attacked unprovoked by Joel Bateman. You were not attacked unprovoked. Unprovoked attack. Uh, the video clearly shows you hit him with a sledgehammer. What video? Uh, need I show you? No, no, this is not a video. This is not a visual medium. Yeah, exactly. I, I was there uh, while she was just defending himself. Uh, front row I was. Um, yeah, I was attacked by Joel Bateman. Um, like, how unprofessional. I've yeah. got this pure stranger next to me. Have you ever known Joel Bateman to attract someone, random person, who sat next to me? Joel Bateman attracts all types of people. He attracts <laughs> all types <laughs> attracts. of people. You're quite right. Um, um, look, Jeff, I know you've got a show on today, so you can get off my podcast. I will be on your show this week. Shit, not again. Um... I'll be the team captain, I've decided, and I'm bringing my own referee after I was cheated by Hawko last week. Which idiot would be your referee? A man with integrity. Great what? integrity. Great integrity. And a mullet. And a great Well, you might have a mullet. We'll, we'll see when we Can't get Can't hold there. that against me. Okay. Well, I guarantee it. that I'll be winning and I'll be getting that trophy back. You will not get the trophy back. Get off. Anyone who comes today bridge, from this event. someone more important to talk to. $10 with your and they get a ticket. All right. See you later, buddy. See you guys. Now, Jules, I know how excited you are about our very special guest today, so I'm going to let you do the honours of introducing him. And I know I didn't warn you about it, so. Well, look, joining us today is, um, and I've said it on Twitter. Talk right into that microphone. In real life, in front of this man's face, the greatest deathmatch wrestler in the world today, and that is Mr. Alex Colon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. That's a big accolade. That's a little nerve-wracking. Don't tell Joel Bateman that. <laughs> I yeah. some real issues with this feedback, but anyway. Might have said a few people here, but um, I dare anyone to argue that that's the case. Well, I'm not prepared to. So, look. 
little technical difficulties. Oh, that's All not right. going to happen. So we've just been told that we've been given permission to be funny. Yeah. I'm just getting direction from the Thanks, bloke boss. who choked right, me boss. out for no reason Thanks, last Andy. week. All right. Sorry you're not the best deathmatch wrestler in the world, Joel. The best wordle player, though. One day. One day. <laughs> Um, look, so while we're talking about Joel, um, talk to us about your connection, the Bloodfighter connection with Joel. How did that come about? Um, how does it feel to be brothers in your blood, beards, and brutality? Well, uh, me and Joel connected a while back, uh, even before I started doing the whole Bloodfighter stuff. And then when it came up, um, my initial thought was instead of it just being a moniker, kind of brand it, make it like something that's not even just about me, it's about the genre of deathmatch in general, and with me and Joel being so close and somebody's behind me creeping up with me me and joel kind of like getting a kinship and then becoming brothers from another mother uh, i decided to pitch it to him that it, it kind of be like more of our thing instead of just my thing because at the end of the day i'm less about being so selfish especially being 15 years in the the more years and tenure you put into this business the more you realize you can't take things to the grave with you you have to kind of leave things for people to have and learn from and i feel like this is a brand that we could build together like on two separate continents and kind of make it something that's not just regional it's worldwide amazing and you even had a hot sauce yeah, is that um the reason for the trip like you know australian deathmatch wrestling is still in its infancy um you know deathmatch down under has been doing great things iwtv and all that is that you giving back and helping you know give a bigger platform to deathmatch down under and australian deathmatch wrestling as a whole yeah, to a degree, like uh, a big purpose for me coming over here more so isn't about the money. Granted, we all have to come somewhere and make money to pay bills. But like I told Joel, like I want to come and help out a lot of the young guys and even like the veterans that just kind of want to learn from a different perspective. Because obviously American Deathmatch is different from everywhere else. And you guys are more akin to like maybe Japanese, which is closer to everyone here. Um, so it's giving a different style and maybe a different way of thinking to a lot of the younger talent that are just trying to find their way. Because like you guys said, uh, Australian Deathmatch is kind of in its infancy, so it do doesn't really have an identity yet. So I would love to be kind of like a key component on helping the younger guys kind of figure out what that identity is. So by the time I scoop myself out of here, they'll start to maybe figure something out and we can start having building blocks for what is the future of Australian Deathmatches. You uh, held a seminar today with a lot of the yeah. Australian workers and, and deathmatch enthusiasts. What was it like to get in front of some new faces and, and, and share some of your 15 years of experience? Um, I don't really get to do too much of it. Uh, like, granted, I've been doing this for a while and I'm kind of like the older guy now, but time seemingly passes so fast that I go from being the young guy in 2007 to like 2022. 21 like i'm so cte and oldest but like being 2022 and then i look in a locker room even back in the states and i'm like i don't even know half of who half of these people are like i'm the old guy so i mean to me it's a good thing to be able to just pass the information that's really all i want to do now like it's not even like being over school or however you want to say it, being popular school making money is great but we learned from from the start of this that it's really not about all that. It's about kind of like passing on the information to the next generation so they can kind of set it up for the generation after them. And the great thing is you're doing that all around the world. So now there's a seems to be a whole deathmatch family with TNT Extreme, with GCW, with um, ICW, No Holds Barred. 
um, you and, and our own Charlie Evans as well seem to be doing a lot of that traveling around the world. Um, how does it feel to be part of this like bigger connected community now? Uh, amazing. Like if you remember pre-COVID, I mean, death matches were kind of still on the rise, but like even pre-2015 death matches were no one was really interested in them. There wasn't much wrestling involved there. Everyone didn't see it as deathmatch wrestling. They more so saw it as deathmatches, which I always categorize it on the two separate categories. Deathmatches, you'll see a lot of hack and slash and just carnyism. I bring up the air quotes. But like with deathmatch wrestling, like Japan's really set that template for everybody else. And then in around 2015, a bunch of guys in the States came along and we they really started to regenerate in GCW scene. They, people regenerated the deathmatch genre. Then when it seemed like it was going to hit a ceiling, COVID kind of pushed wrestling in general behind, but death matches pushed through, and that became the spotlight for everybody in wrestling. And it hasn't even slowed down. Like, death matches continue. Nick Gage was on TV with Chris Jericho, um, and then you've been seeing death matching really kind of make its way with guys like Buff Bagwell wanting to do death matches, Cardona doing death matches. It's no longer – to me, it's not more so a niche thing. It's more so if you look at an Andy Warhol painting, it's pop culture now. It really is. It is one thing that's come from – you'd have to really search for deathmatch wrestling at one stage in Australia. And I'm assuming in other countries and, and you were seeing out of shape guys in t-shirts brawling around. And now it's become a much more of an art form and it's kind of what the cool kids are doing. Like how has it been to see it from one end of the spectrum to the other? Amazing. I mean, when, when I first broke into the business, there was few and far in between that were wrestling deathmatch guys and everybody else was, just trying to do something different than what the last guy was doing now. So like everybody's so mixed in that you could see a wrestler wrestler do a death match one day and a death match guy do a death match the next day. It's very everywhere now, which isn't a bad thing. It just gets us more exposure and it gets everybody with more eyes on it. And what drew you to the art form of deathmatch? I've, I've been into it. Uh, yeah. I backyarded before I trained with a bunch of my friends. Um, and it's actually what I wanted to do when I broke in. But when I first started getting into training at CZW at that, like you had Zandig and then Lobo's the guy who actually got me uh, connected to Zandig. Um, and you had uh, Drake Younger was there at the time, Necro Butcher, like you name them, they were there. Even Nick Mondo was gone by then, but White Beater was still coming around every now and then for holidays. And the older guys were here in their Rick Blade. Um, it was something I wanted to do, but I just waited on it. Every All the juniors said, hey, learn how to wrestle and see how you like that before you decide to do it. And honestly, like there was times within the first 10-year span before I did death matches that it was like I was frustrated. Nothing was working, but I'm glad I waited because I didn't – I could have came in and just been the, the normal hack and slash guy or the just do the spots. I learned how to wrestle, so my first base is wrestling. So death matching for me is incorporate wrestling first, death match second. And how important is it when you're talking to young workers now to, to tell them the importance of telling a story through the death match? Super important. Not the young guys. It, it's always going to take experience and time. Like time, time builds everything as we know, no matter what you do wrestling. If you're, if you're doing a trade carpentry, whatever it is, it's all time. How much time you put in. And uh, unfortunately I can pass information, but you, you can bring somebody to the door. You can't walk them through. And with the young guys, it's unfortunately it's going to take time and then their own experience. I can pass the information, but it's up to them to use that information. And nine times out of ten, it's going to take a learning experience for them to be able to really understand. Uh, up until then, they're going to be like every other young guy who breaks into the business. You want to get over immediately. You want to do the cool stuff. 
uh, nothing's a slow down moment. You really, you know, you're first, you're trying to learn crowd interaction. Young guys don't really get that right away. It takes years. Um, so the best I can do is kind of turn the wheel into the right direction, but it's up to them to push that gas pedal. Because I notice when a young guy who's got a lot of potential then gets in the ring with one of our best veterans, for example, like a Robbie Eagles or someone, um, and I'm sure it happens with you when you wrestle a younger guy, they come out of that match with a lot more perspective of slowing down and, and, and really making sure that everything they do is for a reason. And it's just through working with more experienced guys more regularly that that's going to really come through. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And like, that's just the youth. When, when you're young, you don't understand slowing down. Like uh, in the States, we have a thing where I was telling them in the seminar is uh, attention spans right now are within an eight minute limit. So if you're running a lecture within eight minutes, you're going to lose half of the crowd because everyone's ADD is everywhere. Everyone's just everywhere all the time. So for them to pay attention to you for more than eight minutes is really supernatural. So I say you have, you have about eight minutes to figure it out before you start losing people. So that's where it's like trying to, trying to retrain people's minds into believing like, if you think you're moving slow, move slower because you're trying to make everything you do in there digestible to somebody who's watching it. And if you're hop skipping around for 10 minutes straight, maybe two out of three people get it. But what about the other five people behind them? You have to, you're reaching past the first and second row. You have to slow down, simplify everything so people can digest it and make up that story within their own mind. So you have, you've had the benefit of um, wrestling some pretty special people in your time. So, you know, all the things that you've achieved, obviously you're famous for the three-peat at Tournament uh, of Survival. Um, you've uh, wrestled John Kasai. You've beaten Takeda. Um, is there anything left? What, what do you got your sights set on? Uh, I've actually accomplished <laughs> all my goals. Uh, I just honestly want to like enjoy the rest of my time. Um, and I want to help the younger guys out. It's primarily why I'm here. Like whatever I'm being flown over, I'm being paid. That's cool. But if I'm not coming here with a purpose, like, and I'm just coming here for, for whatever cash you get strapped in my hand and a paid vacation, like that to me, that's no purpose. Like I was telling you earlier, like, when you leave, when that hearse rolls out, a U-Haul is not following that hearse. You're not taking any of this shit with you. Sorry for, for the French. You're right. not taking any of this shit with you. So you might as well leave it for the young guys. So when you're dead, they could pass it along to somebody else. And then maybe you'll get likely mentioned within that, that uh, key point of advice. But for the most part, yeah, a U-Haul is not following you. Just pass it along. Leave it for the next guy. For him to pass it along, next thing you know, you, it's like your memory lives on. Instead of you just taking that knowledge with you and then never leaving it for somebody else to learn from it. Uh, speaking of goals and chasing things, did you ever get your hands on the goon figure? I did. You I did? Have, <sighs> I have two of them. You could two. Did two. you bring one? No, no. no. I, I was talking to wrestlers. I was like, should have brought one for Damo. Yeah. So we were like, ah. Our, our logistics is up the shit in Australia. So we're. Uh, you work in logistics, don't you? Uh, yeah, but I'm not up the shit. Logistics as a whole is in Australia. Uh, so, yeah, we're probably five or six series behind. But but, what are you chasing at the minute, wrestling figure-wise? Man, I have so much stuff. I don't – bro. so somebody got me uh, one of the WCW talking Conan figures. Oh. One of my friends found them. So now I'm on the hunt for the rest of them. But I got to get reasonable price. I, eBay gets a little crazy sometimes. So I'm like, ah, I don't know about that, so I'll wait it out. I'll wait yeah, it out. Wait for the deal. Wait for the deal. What about if there was going to be a Alex Cologne wrestling figure, you got the – the black gear and then the variant white gear with the yeah. covered in blood. Is that what that'd be? The, that'd yeah. be the ultimate. I mean, 
I wish. Don't don't excite me. <laughs> like Cardona, Cardona can make a Nick Cage figure, whoever it was. I mean, somebody could hook me up, but uh, I don't I don't think that too far ahead. Like, uh, you know, my head is is less about that. Like, I don't know. Superstars are always made on TV, I guess, in people's minds. But then again, you have Nick Mondo who has a figure. Necro Butcher now has a figure. So anything's possible. I doubt it, but it'd be nice to to have a dream like that. Get in that bendy line with Matt Cardona. <laughs> Wrestling's everywhere now. It doesn't matter. You don't have to just be on TV to, to make no, it in quotations now. So hit up Matt next time he's at a, at a show. Man. Get you in that bendy line. Some, sure. some. All right. So um, on to today and next week. So, um, look, do you think Callum Butch has been unlucky, unlucky to catch you after losing your ultraviolet title? Um, or does that make you more determined to walk away with his DMDU belt? Um, I think the... Honestly, the odds usually are going to be on my side because of my experience, which I always key to. But as this thing fucks up, but I think he has an advantage. He's seen how I could be beaten twice. That's not going to slow me down because you could watch something on tape a million times. But until you step in front of it, it's a different story. I wrestled June Kasai. You think you know somebody and then you're across the ring from them and it's a whole nother story. Like I'm taking an ass whooping and June Kasai is laughing above me like a little school child. And I'm like, Why? This is not funny. <laughs> so you don't know until you're in the ring. And I don't I don't think Callan knows until he's in the ring. And I've watched plenty of his matches, so I know his like weaknesses and his strengths. So we'll find out when we step in there tonight. And tagging with Joel, that, that that's gonna be a good full circle moment for the two of you. Um to two probably hooked up randomly on social media mm-hmm. and now you're in Australia um sharing a ring. That must be a really good moment. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we're we have a kind of a brother thing going. Like he's been to my home, met my daughter. I've been to his home, met his son and his wife. So, I mean, we're family. So it's we have an instant connection, and that'll translate in the ring. Like he wants to do twin magic because I guess we look so much alike. He needs to hit the gym a little bit more, lose a couple more pounds. Sorry, Joel. But you know what I mean. I think it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Oh, hang on. Here he comes. Here he comes. Oh, he's gonna chop me. What you saying? I said you want to do twin magic, but uh, clearly you need to hit the gym a couple more times than I did. You motherfucker. I love you. They're <laughs> <laughs> talking, uh, play the Hulk music as you walk away. <laughs> Don't get the sting back. What are you going to do? <laughs> get out of here, Joel. I love it. Yep. <laughs> Talk us through your pre-match routine, like going into a big death match. Is there a certain song to get in the right headspace, or you got to take a little bit of a time out from everyone and, and get into the right frame of mind? At the when I first started doing death matches, I took a little bit more time being to myself. But you'll notice a lot of guys are very like com- much comrades um, in the death match locker room. So everybody kind of wants to hype each other up. Um, just in general, more so I'm like get myself to my keep to myself get in the mind frame because when i before i go out there when i'm in that curtain like i'm trying to think this is war legitimately like one of us is going down one of us is coming out regardless if we're breaking the fourth wall it's a work it's predetermined at the end of the day when i'm in there with you it's a we're going to war like i need to have that in my mind because as much as people want to break the fourth wall all the time like death matching is the realest is as real as it gets pro wrestling you feel every every pinch every cut like and when the adrenaline wears off, it's even worse. So you want to go in there like you're going for battle. And that's just the way I look at it. I shoot a prayer. I get myself hyped up. And then nowadays, guys like to pound it out. So, like, I'm a little bit more leisure because usually I'm very standoffish. Like, leave me alone. Let me get psyched up. Now I'm a little bit chiller. 
But I still like before I'm out there, it's like, all right, we're going to war. Once that music hits, it's on. And what's it like wrestling in front of a crowd for the first time? Like it's your first time in Australia. It's going to be a brand new crowd. Um, is that exciting or nerve wracking? Uh, a little bit of both. Cause you're always worried about do are people going to know who I am? Am I going to come out, get a pop? What, what's going to happen? Am I going to, cause I've been to places like in the middle of the country in America where like nobody knows who anyone is and you're just going out there to crickets. So yeah, I mean, it's always taking a chance. Same thing with Japan. Am I going to go out there? What's going to be quiet? For the most part, they were pretty cool, which was awesome. But uh, it's a little bit of both. Cheer at the moment, so yeah, well, it's a little <laughs> bit of both. Like Joel, be like, "Oh, you're gonna be fine. They're gonna cheer." I'm like, "We'll see. Well, I'll get out there. Well, I'll hit the ropes, and then we'll see what happens." But I'll try to win them over at the end. Like I, you know, I try to play enough to where I get the crowd. I like to get the crowd involved. That's that's number one to me in wrestling. Is like involving the crowd into what you're doing. Crowd participation is key in death matches. So you're a global star now, obviously, but um, you'll still remember what it's like to be the opening match at CZW. Well, yeah. What was that like? Um, please don't come back. You suck. Um, doing very simple matches and trying to figure out how to even run a simple psychology. Um, trying not to mess up spots. The crowd was super vicious, man. Uh, the the guys nowadays, like even around the world, they don't know how easy they have it because, like, in the states during that time in ECW arena, like. If you were not on point, if you were not the best you could be, that crowd would boo you out of his existence completely. So it was a good learning experience. It made my skin tougher. So now when fans try me, it's a little bit harder to get to me. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm older. I'm used to it now. Now, is, um, is there a spot or something that you wouldn't take again? Or what was the worst you've ever I'm been? not a hypodermic needles guy. So I don't, I don't know how dudes do it. I once watched J.C. Bailey live because I was in CCW at the time. He took a hypodermic from Thumbtack Jack in the heel and uh, then took one through the neck and then took an ace crusher with it in his neck. And after I seen that, that and uh, Thumbtack Jack and Drake Younger in Germany, they did a superplex from the apron into a pile of hypodermic needles. That made me never want to do. And that's the one thing I refuse to do. I mean, Lyle watches death matches through his fingers as it is. I'm very nervous uh, for the performers, and I don't want to see anyone get hurt. So I'm, I'm very everyone anxious. to have a good time. Well, yeah, I want everyone to have a good time. It's and, dangerous, man. It yeah. really is. People like it could be death matches could be very mild, and at the same time, it could go one minute from being very mild to being probably super dangerous. But speaking of super dangerous, you know, in your early years, you were more, no more as a high flyer. What you know, you, when you feel the scars and you feel the pain after your death matches now, um, what's worse, that or the kind of damage it does to your limbs to do all of that high flying shit? Uh, honestly, I think short term, the death match stuff, long term, obviously, it's always going to be like I've taken um, falls on my neck that literally give it a couple more years, it's going to be hard for me. But right now i'm not thinking about that the, the short-term damage from death matches is going to wean everything that i take long term until the point comes where i decide to hang it up and obviously there's a brotherhood of wrestlers but what i've noticed um is that there's an even more special brotherhood of the death match wrestlers because i guess you're putting so much trust in each other mm -hmm. night after night what's it like um when you're meeting new people but you're brothers automatically because of what you do for a living you you, you try to be you try to be kind of like a good senpai. You try to teach them properly because what you learn is a lot of guys get into death matches and those first handful of matches, they really don't know what they're doing. You know, they're kind of reckless because it's not that they're trying to be, they just don't understand it. 
So being someone letting someone else into that core group of guys, you have to welcome them because at the end of the day, if you don't, you're not keeping yourself safe. You're not keeping them safe. You're letting them run into danger with them out not knowing what to do. And there is a way to do death matches to make it so we don't end up in a hospital or end up in an ER nine times out of ten. You know, there's that always that tenth time. But like, yeah, you. Uh, from my perspective, it's always a plus to be more welcoming to the younger talent because you want to be able to teach them. And that's a thing that I didn't get back in 07. Guys, the older generation, they weren't trying to teach you the trades and the secrets. They were clutching them. Now, now more so, since I guess there's less veterans in the locker rooms. I don't know if it's the same thing out here, but in the States, there's very few veterans in the locker room. We have to pass that knowledge because if we're gone, who, are the, who who's going to get the knowledge after that? No one. Yeah, I think Australian wrestling in general is much like deathmatch wrestling in the U.S. where there's a point to prove and it's all about from top to bottom, the, the veterans to the young young guys. It's about how do we get what we do in this country on the map, much the way Deathmatch was for the last five or six years in the US. It's that same feeling. Yeah. Hey, you got in the, the ring last night with uh, one of our wrestlers, York. York. Yeah. yeah. What were you? What were your thoughts going into the match with York, uh, and then after the match? And a uh, Seaford street fight's not something I ever thought I would, uh, <laughs> I would be reading that Alex Cologne is doing. <laughs> street fight. <laughs> Um, no, uh, he did, he was better than I expected. Um, you know, cause I watched stuff with him, but it was more simplified stuff that he's done where I didn't think he did as much as he actually did when we wrestled. So it made me see that. And I told him this personally, I was like, you have the stuff you need, but now it's time for you to go elsewhere outside of the country and find things out there. That's, that's what he needs right now. He needs to get out of the country and find things. Don't be complacent. Cause once you're at a certain point, it's, it's not about, more so learning how to do your own stuff. It's knowing how to do your stuff and then applying it elsewhere and making it work. So that's where he's at right now. Um, he's got a pretty good theme song as well. I'll give you He does. Name. They're super over. <laughs> super over. Uh, you are getting in the ring with uh, Australia's deathmatch legend, Mad Dog, Mad Dog yeah. who is well known all around the world. But um, he, like, there's not a fan in Australia who doesn't absolutely love Mad Dog. Um, you must be looking forward to mixing it up with him. Yeah, um, I watched, oddly, I watched Mad Dog and Lobo many, many, many years ago and then completely forgot about it. And then me and Joel became close friends and he passed it along. I was like, I've seen this before. He's like, yeah, watch it. And I never really watched it in the whole at the time. I watched bits and pieces and I was like, man, Australians do death matches. And then I remember somebody telling me, no, not really. It was just that one match. And then fast forward many, many years later. Uh, me and Joel become friends, and he's like, yeah, dude, that was like that was like the infancy. And I was like, really? So I actually watched the full match, and I was like, if they did that match at that year in the States, they would have been so over, it would have been out of control. Yes. Yeah. Wow, wow. For that time period, I was like, they were doing some crazy stuff. I was like, if they would came to the States and did that, they would have been like legend over. And both of those guys, if you talk to them, uh, you just are transfixed. Like, I could sit there talking to them, listening to them for hours. Oh, I've asked Joel, what's it going to take to get Lobo out of retirement so we can make some type of tag match yeah, Ask his here. daughter. She's here somewhere. All right. <laughs> I'll find her. So what's 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 next for Alex Cologne in uh, 2022? I know you're going back to the UK next month. Or? I, uh, th this month. So I leave here on the 18th. I go back. Uh, GCW has some dates locally close to me in Columbus, Ohio, and Detroit. And then the next week on a Tuesday, I come back to the UK for uh, a week and a half where I do rides, I'm doing kumite, a couple other smaller things, 
uh, hopefully getting it to some schools, being able to train with some veterans out there in the UK um, and just like having a, a good time. Honestly, 2022, I want to be able to travel outside of my comfort zone. Like I, I feel like I've, like you were saying goals, like I feel like I've done so much like for GCW and East Coast and Midwest part of the U.S. that I need to figure something else out. And I feel like maybe going overseas is that next venture, like hardcore going overseas, not just like, oh, let me go over here and there. Like, I'm going to do this. Hopefully, Joel has a fixation to want to bring me back, and I could do it again. And uh, maybe I could pigeonhole that into something to go into Japan afterwards. So Japan's definitely yeah. – I need to go back. I now love that, it. I love it. That's what I was uh, I was getting to, yeah. It's only a, not, what, eight, nine-hour flight from here? You, yeah. It's almost a tour. I know. It'd set be it way up both easier ways. for me to fly here, do this, and then be like, just fly me to Tokyo, and I'll do Tokyo, and then I'll take the fucking long haul back. <laughs> um, so you're in Australia, and I've heard that you're a big fan of coffee. Like, how have you uh, gone with the Melbourne coffee so far? Um, it's all right. It's all right. He hasn't taken me to any – Joel, my brother, hasn't taken me any crazy, crazy spots yet. Uh, he's taken me a couple, to a couple, and they were good. We went to a Two Birds Brewery for wanna, some beer. Yeah. I was a fan of the taco beer, so I'll put that over. Uh, one of my good friends, Tony Deppin, <laughs> he's a big beer guy, so hopefully when he comes to Australia, he's going to blow everybody's mind with his like knowledge of craft beers. You want to go to, to Brunetti's in Carlton? amazing cakes then you can get some pasta in ligon street and the best coffees at yeah is at brunetti's that's where you got, get, got right. joel to take I'll, you i'll definitely mention it i was there friday fantastic that's the place and as a migrant to this country um myself uh vegemite thoughts dabbing it on popcorn <laughs> smearing it on toast what listen no one writes the the handbook on vegemite it just gets sent to me and then i pile it on as the mic messes up i pile it on and realize bad idea yeah. But then I watched the Hugh Jackman promo where he's like, hey, you have to like, you have to lightly slather it on. It's definitely an acquired taste. So I'll give I'll give you that. It's uh, not for everybody, but um, we all love it. <laughs> I'm a Tim Tams guy, so we're rolling with the Tim Tams. The double coated ones. That's where you, that's where all it's right, at. Okay. Yeah. I like the, I'm more of the regular ones. I've had many of the other players. But I like, so the regular ones are fine. On to something a little bit more um, random. So one of my wackiest deathmatch facts is that Sabu has wrestled Primo Cologne and Carlito Cologne, but never Alex Cologne. So if he came out of retirement... There's no way that's happening. <laughs> Listen, Schlack, who I'm good friends with, is actually friends with uh, Sabu, so he'll hit him up every now and then. Uh, Sabu had a match with Jimmy Lloyd a little while back before he retired. He wasn't the biggest fan, but like, uh, it just like, if he's the biggest fan of Jimmy Lloyd, I don't know what will make him the biggest fan of Alex Cologne. Cause I'm not a '90s body guy, so I don't know how that'll work out. So, have you got any dream matches left that you've got to tick off? No, uh, for whatever reason, I had it oddly in my head that maybe somebody can consider Matsunaga to come out to have just like a little six man or something but it's probably never gonna happen even though every time i've been to japan i've looked at him like his forearms are still there man he could probably do something uh no i've done I've wrestling kasai takeda you know some of the best the u.s have had to offer like there's really i don't look at goals like that it's more so just like enjoying it and passing knowledge off that's really what's left for me i've pretty much accomplished everything i've meant to accomplish from the start of my career except for the australian deathmatch championship yeah but I mean, that—that's I'm not worried about it. Callan's got to worry about it. I'm the one with the tournament wins, winning titles in multiple countries. He's the one who's still in Mama's house. I've been out of Mama's house. 
Um, so what's on for the rest of the week in Australia? Like you're going to drink some more coffee, drink yep. some more beer, and then yes. beat Callum Butcher for the title. That's right? Yep. Hey, listen. Yes. Yes. You're not going to do anything. Sit back. You're not going to do anything. They'll get your nose broken. Yeah? Cool. Cool. Who are you? Wait, well, who? Who are you? What's your name? Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Sit back, boy. Happy birthday. Yeah? Yeah? I did. Boy, boy, boy. Boy, boy. Oh, we will. We will. Ah. St- steady is the young guy. Look at him. Doesn't even have patience. Look at the patience fall. Look at that. That's a nervous person. Look at them knees jiggle. That's a sign of nervousness. When people act like that, you ever watch a fight? People get all riled up. Look, I'm ah. all good with you getting into a fight with Callum, but just don't do it too close to me. Right. Ah, <laughs> you're going to learn really fast that I'm a lot of power packed in a little body, my friend. Yeah, come on, Jay. We'll we'll ruin our own podcast. We don't need any help. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it's, it's typical young, young guy stuff. Like I was there when I first broke into the business. The, the old man says something, you get all pissed off. Next thing you know, you're in the ring taking a smooth ass whooping, and you're wondering why the experience level is different. That's why. Yeah, he definitely got rolled up. He's thrown me a bit off my game. That's for sure. And I don't have much game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute honor to talk to you. No, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me on. Now come watch me whoop some ass in a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. That's awesome getting to talk to Alex Cologne, um, deathmatch legend, as you said, Jules. Um, that's that's almost a bucket list for you, isn't it? I, it was a dream come true, I have to say. So. Um, I've never shaken so much during an interview in my life, uh, especially when it took like three guys to hold back Callum Butcher from throwing shit down. Who shook more? You asking your first question to Alex or um, Lyle's knees when the pull apart happened? It was definitely Lyle's knees. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit. Speaking of being nervous, what are you doing? I don't know. Am I in the wrong spot? Oh, what are you doing? Nah, kick him off the podcast. You've already... You... It was working for Alex. Yeah, because he's better at it than you. Um, anyway, look, that's probably all we've got today. So it's been awesome to be here and talk to Alex. Um, I think after the show, anyone who's got a ticket here can head off to the Catfish in Fitzroy for WrestleBrainia and $10 tickets if you say poor at the door. Just go to the door. I'll make sure you get him for 10 bucks. And you'll get to see me and you on stage. I'm looking forward to that. Me on stage. Yeah. Beautiful. Stage fright? It's, yeah, it's been there all day. <laughs> all right, thanks. Uh, this is on the turnbuckle. I couldn't help but know your pain. My pain? It runs deep. Share it with me. Never take me alive, I'm getting high with my profile Cocked on these suckers, time to die Even as a youngster Welcome back, back part two back of our program uh, Gee whiz, he's uh, knowledgeable, isn't he? he? He knows a fair bit about wrestling 
yeah, he was um, really good to talk to and a, and a really lovely guy. Um, and I was really enjoying the chat until it was spoiled by Callan Butcher mm. at the end. Yeah, yeah so get, his e- get his ego in check, yeah. Yeah. Hell. No need yeah. to ruin a podcast just because you can't handle a, a little bit of banter. Um, yeah. but no, I think he'd, he'd know better, like an impetuous young man, well, yeah, a, an old yeah. veteran, like well, like you, won't you? You're older than me, Hamburglar. <laughs> just for those uh, who can't see this, uh, Jules is basically dressed like the Hamburglar, or like. He's escaped from jail in the year 1906. Or like I'm a French cyclist with a baguette. <laughs> yeah. You're missing the beret for that, I'm afraid. And, and the baguette. I, I thought you bought some uh, Chad merchandise from Deathmatch Down Under. Hang on. Jeez. Oh. He was just about to get the baguette out. It was more of a breadstick. <laughs> Moving on. Hot what what an interview, though, eh? What, what an interview, though. Yes, it uh, was uh, very good. It was. Hey, all right, let's kick it off with uh, Russell Brader. How did we go this week? Did we? Well, I, let's just say I love it when a plan comes together, Tony. Um, firstly, it was a really entertaining show. The um, the Stallones were featuring Anthony from Maths, Tommy Hellfire, yep. um, and Rocco. And the BDE boys uh, put on an entertaining show. Um, I was okay as well. And we had a really good special guest referee who I think was really impartial. Lyle? Uh, yeah, that would be me, mate. I called it yeah. straight down the middle. I'm a man of integrity. You guys know who that. Won? No, no, exactly. Uh, we won. I mean, uh, Welshie's team uh, with Gary and the BDE guys, they uh, they won. It's they, fair to say oh, Gary did yeah. carry the team. Carried the team, Gary. Um, I thought they over-celebrated a little bit on stage, a little bit, Tony. Um, mm. to be fair, and it was infectious because I did jump in the middle of it. Um, I tell you what, the crowd weren't happy when the referee came up midway through. I refused to continue unless we had a referee, yeah. Tony, referee came up and gave our team a hug and then announced that we were in front, despite we might have got a couple of more questions wrong on the other team. But I think our questions carried more weight, yeah. Um, that, in the point scoring system, um, the crowd weren't happy, yeah. I, I think. Like, you know, because my uh, officiating did get called into question, but I had to rate it on a, on a, how hard the questions, the answers were. And the way Rocco from the Stallones were answering, Mahina made it look too easy. So I don't think Jeff went hard enough on his questions. Yeah, okay. So I almost had to balance the game out for Jeff. I tell you what, Rocco, he knows his shit, it's fair to say. <laughs> So does this um, mean we're back in championship contention? I assume so. I assume that we'll win the final. I don't. Um, I know Lockie Hendricks is involved in the final in mm. some way, and uh, that'll be like he's one of my favourites. I know you love him as well, Tony. Yeah, no, yeah. great bloke. But I assume that should put us back in contention to win the final. Your okay. move, your move, Russell Brainier. Yeah, we'll wait and, and see. And if I'm uh, if I'm going to be referee again, I. I did have to throw the other referee shirt out, but I'll just borrow Jules's one that he's wearing tonight. Exactly. That'll get just, you over the line. And just if you sit on the angle that you're sitting right now, it'll be the stripes will be in the right direction. I'm actually not <laughs> sure you'll fit into that shirt, Lyle. Yeah, what are you true. trying to say, Tony? No, your arms are huge. No, oh, thanks, buddy. Well, well look, it sounds, like 
It sounds like a lot of the usual on the turnbuckle WrestleBrainia shenanigans. I, I don't know why you can't just go out there and be honest and win a quiz. What, what do you, Jules? I've won lots separ- of quizzes in my time, Jules. Don't don't separate yourself from us. When when, when on the turnbuckle wins, mate, that means you win too. Jules, so, I thought was and- showed exactly how winning a quiz should be done. With integrity, you know about winning straight, quizzes, straight down the line. I was on. I was on. Press your luck. Did you win when I was eighteen years old? No, I came second. Eighteen years. Yeah. When you're eighteen, it was. When I was eight, eight, your eighteen luck. years old. Press, press your luck, your luck little, wasn't even a quiz show. The little whammies. No, no, they used to ask you a question, and then you'd get to spin the wheel, and if you got a whammy, you lost all your money. Not a whammy. Not a whammy. Stop. Stop. Oh. Who was the host of that? Uh, John Burt. Was it John? No, I don't think it was John Burt. No, nah, he only hosted good shows, Tony. Hmm. It's probably Ernie Sigley. I'll come back to you on that. No, um, that wasn't. I was on ever... Family Feud, Tony. Were you really? Yep. Did you win? That was the last came time you second. saw your family. Also came second. Well, I wasn't on with my family. Oh. I pulled a Lyle and went on with someone else's family. <laughs> uh, we came second. There you go. There you we go. We missed it in the playoff. Hey, uh... Devastating. I haven't got over it yet. Interesting, interesting headline I saw today that WWE are going to have their first stadium event in the UK in Wales for what they're saying is 30 years. I would have thought WWE would have been at Wembley or something in the last 30 years, but obviously not. I tell you what, um, it's still the attitude area in Wales too. So um, they'll be really excited. Yeah. Yep. Is making right a headline that show? Sorry. Mason Ryan going to headline that show. He's a Welshman, isn't he? No, they've got they've got Rob Terry instead. Oh, yeah. What about them against each other? Oh, the beef, Welsh beef. <laughs> How come? No, not yeah. Ninety-two so can you be was SummerSlam. Right? Can you can you be a Welsh wrestler without having two first names? Uh, Mark Andrews, Eddie Dennis. Mason Ryan, well, Morgan getting, Webster. I'm getting a Rob feeling. Terry. You're onto something. I'm getting the feeling the answer's no. <laughs> uh, Drew Parker. There you go. Drew Parker's Welsh. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, tell uh, you what. But, there's kids. In, there's kids in 2022 called Parker. Yeah. Didn't you used to watch a TV yeah. show called Parker Lewis Can't Lose? Oh, not, not a problem. Yeah, there you go. See, I didn't watch yeah. it. But I just knew the name. Uh, I don't know any of the Welsh wrestlers. Wild Boar. Yeah, but. It's a pretty, it's a pretty strong argument. Yeah, well, you, we've done it right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that, I, already the, I already had the two in mind. Uh, Jules is one he's gone deep. And... Wade, Wade Barrett, Tegan Knox. <laughs> Why would you do that and prove us wrong, Tony? Yeah, t- come on. But Tony. they're not wrong. What I don't think Wade Barrett's called, Welsh. Called no, Knox. I don't no, think Wade, Bar- Wade Barrett's not. Yeah, Wade Barrett's not Welsh. Oh, isn't he? Okay, well there you go. There we go. Classic Tony. Bloody Wikipedia. Yeah. No, this is good. This is, you know, hopefully, yeah. Tegan Knox goes the other way, like, because her wrestler name is Nixon Newell, and neither of them are first names. So she's just gone the two last names. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's a hell of a stadium, by the way. I've, I've been there to watch um, football, uh, real football, Ramble. Um, and it's right by the station. Um, there's loads of bars nearby. It, it will be a quietest crowd. Of course, crowd. there's loads of bars <laughs> nearby. Are you, are you going to go over in the crowd? I reckon there'll be some singing in yeah. the crowd. Nothing, no, 
The Welsh love a sing song. They do. Maybe Tom no Jones. Loves a sing song maybe more, Tom right? Jones could sing like the national anthem at the start or something. That would not be unusual. It's not unusual oh, to be loved by anyone, no, exactly. Well done. That was very good, Welshy. Uh, September, uh, Tony. Uh, any chance of you uh, going on another no, WWE so. junket? AFL finals will probably be taking up my uh, time around that period. They'll be relocated away from Victoria by then. No, they won't. Victoria's, <laughs> after after 437,000 people at the Grand Prix over four days, Victoria's fine. And we've all got, they've all got COVID now. <laughs> well, I'm interested to see the spike to see if there is one the next day or two. Uh, we don't we don't we don't report. We don't worry about that anymore. Uh, DMDU boys, tell us about the show. Well, only Jules managed to stay for the whole thing because we were booked. Tony double booked. We had to rush across town. Um, yeah, sorry, I, uh, we are. I prioritised the uh, the deathmatch wrestling over. Also, um, we told you not to come WrestleMania. Yeah, because I just shit on your shenanigans, you terrible people. Honestly, um, we're going to show you fuck fuck. But look, there's there's a few things that stand out. First of all, it's I don't think it's really obvious, but just the sheer amount of people from outside Melbourne in that show. So you've got all the guys from RCW. Well, the sheer amount of people on that show. Full stop. It, it huge, but you know people like Delta and Purgatory, um, Redshaw, big fan of the show, clearly. Um, well, he had a go. Hater. At you. Redshaw had a crack at you. That's because I'm ginger, clearly. It's just a thing no, that we've got fair. together, right? We're, okay, we're fine. Okay, okay. That's what I'm saying. We're fine. We're good. Yeah, I mean, Tom he, Gleason, we're fine. He's turned baby face for me, not because of the ginger and having a crack at you. It's just because yeah, he thought you had pull to get a guest on. He, he thought you had pull to get a guest on this show. That was the part I loved the best. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm the one who had to corral Alice Cologne. Otherwise, I'm like, excuse me, Mr. Cologne. Would you like to come for an interview? Please don't. And you me. did it well. And you did it well. That's because I was still trying to work out if we were going to be able to record. Um, I tell you, what, purgatory thoughts. Spooky. Amber oh. may be the most frightening human being I've ever seen. She looked in my direction, and my knees were clapping. Yeah, I think it's I was one more of those... frightened of her than Gore. Well, I. Well, I did see well, Gore grab you. I mean, a I was of frightened times. of catching COVID off Gore, but other than that. But you know when you see some people and they wear like a pig mask and a leather apron and you're like, oh, okay, you're doing the, uh, like a creepy horror film thing. There was some kind of presence around these guys that was a bit more than like creepy and kooky and mysterious and spooky kind of stuff. It was it was real. It's yeah. interesting because when I see photos of them, I've seen photos of them before and, and my first thought was, oh, you know, maybe it's a little bit naff. But when they come out, like it's unner- they're unnerving. Yeah. Um, and that's what they're going for. So, like, from the moment they come through the curtain, I was standing closer to the ring than I like to be anyway, but I wanted to be further away because they were unnerving. And and that's hard to do in 2022. Oh, definitely. Especially so, one of the one, it's one of those gimmicks that could easily go either way, the cartoonish hmm. way. And yeah, you, know, you don't hmm. really take it seriously. And a bit white family for, when they were in NXT. Yeah, like that. It's it's that dark, creepy, but it was also the tag team they were going against was a comedy match, and it's it still worked. The chemistry worked. It didn't it didn't take away from the yeah the story R.I.P. Murdoch. Like an uh, Chad Murdoch. Murdoch. Chad Murdoch. Is it like an episode Chad of Scooby Doo or something? 
It could easily go that way, Tony, but it doesn't. But you know what? Because when they unmasked Barrett and it was someone else, I was like, I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you pesky chads. But they had legit threat, right? So they weren't just a comedy gimmick. They had real threat, and you knew that they would like hurt them. And it was. was I don't think they were a comedy comedy gimmick at all. It's just the chads were a comedy gimmick, and that's where the yeah. Oh, for sure. I honestly think it's some of Kid Valiant's greatest work. Probably some of Murdoch's greatest work. They suited the chat so much. It was actually... Don't tell Murdoch like, that. He wanted to kill himself in his... Um, he, he was very upset at himself for doing the chats. But they were entertaining. I enjoyed it. Um, and Broderick Valentine actually pulled the look off. I'm convinced he'll look good in anything. Yep. Yep. It's probably mm, most okay. of his wardrobe he just shared with everyone. <laughs> that's how that's how well he pulled it off. You know, if everyone had to go buy their own outfits and he was like, yeah, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, I got three of it these. It wouldn't be surprised because, yeah, he did. He pulled it off. If he wears that next show and doesn't come out as a Chad, you wouldn't know. Hey, your mates, uh, ADMP, were, were back again, Welchie? Well, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of them. Hector Jones, he's a very bad man. He's a very, very bad man. Not happy with him at all. What did he do? Rotten. He's just awful. He's just mean. And he doesn't like death matches. What's, what's wrong with these people? Well, a lot of people don't like them. Yeah, they don't have to get out there and start disrupting stuff all the time. It's rude. How did the second half of the show go, Jules? Because I was a bit, you know, we were leaving anyway, but I was apprehensive having four death matches after the interval on the, on the rundown. Um, I was a bit worried. Like, if I was sticking around, that might have been a bit too much for me. But how how did they pull it off? Look, I think skip to the the chase, the the um, main event there, where you've got you know bald guys and beards and Callum Butcher, who uh, you know had all the beard hair on his head. Um, it was absolutely um, dumb shit. Is probably the word. Right. And then the word that they would use because the amount of glass that was flying around the place, the amount of light tubes that were flying around the place, um, it was insane. You know, you, you had to be very careful because there was a lot flying around, but they were very good. They put barriers in place. So um, watching the, you know, the blood fighter duo of, of Alice Cologne and Joel in action was was a joy. Um, but, you know, big shout out as well to uh, Rugged Vic Craig and Horace coming over. From, from New Zealand um, and the shithead ref. So, yeah, it was great. Did right. you get a, any souvenir glass? Uh, just a little bit in my face, but apart from that, <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Jules, for that DMDU review. Uh, tell us about AEW TV shows on New Japan World. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, this is just great news for the AEW New Japan uh, relationship going forward. So, you know, it's only a couple of days behind when the Dynamite and Rampage gone up. Last week's episodes have already gone up uh, and they've got the English feed live and then they'll have the Japanese uh, commentary come in afterwards, which they're looking to go live, uh, Japanese commentary in the future. But, you know, Shingo on commentary is it, it, crazy. You know, one of the the top wrestlers yeah. in New Japan. Um, oh, this is just exciting for wrestling fans. Um, oh, it's Geo Block, so we can't. We're not going to be able to watch it anyway, unless right. you're going to VPN it. But yeah, just going forward, the AEW New Japan relationship. You know, maybe there's a super card coming up. You know, 
AEW guys going over for G1 now that travel restrictions are easing. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I have the same thing. Super Show's written down because, look, you know, I know Tony Khan's brought Ring of Honor back to life, but what Ring of Honor were doing before things went south with um, the, the sharing of the talent, the, 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 the goal of that was to have more of that flexibility. And I think by putting a, a stake in the ground to say that they're on the same platform, it's pretty much saying Japanese fans come and watch AEW because there's going to be enough New Japan stuff on AEW to, to keep you happy. And they've started off well. And I'm just, I can only see great things from here. Yeah. And different guys are showing up on New Japan Strong. While they're in America, you know, Eddie Kingston was on last week, you know, QT Marshall and some other guys are popping up regularly. Um, so that's good. Give us Okada and Omega again, please run it back. There you go. Good stuff. Hey, uh, Walsh, you're our uh, Twitter surveyor. Tony Khan had some tweets. No comment. Oh. Why not? Uh, but seriously, do you have to be insane to run America, a, foot, a wrestling company in North America? Well, I think it's compulsory, but it helps. I don't. It maybe maybe the lack of sleep turns you insane. Um, maybe it's not actually running a promotion. Yeah. See, you see, uh, not sleeping for the reasons I'd like to not sleep, or other reasons. Well, in between a Wednesday dynamite to a Friday uh, rampage, maybe um, getting on the not bags. getting enough sleep. Wow. Yeah, it might, it might not be insane, but it rhymes with insane. <laughs> um, it's, it's, just, it's, it's a weird one. Like, he loves to give out that. Bags in more places than under his eyes, you're saying. <laughs> um, he does like to give Twitter some ammunition uh, to, you know, firepower to go up against uh, AEW, which is great, you know, and it always seems to be just before a Rampage show which is even better, whether it's deliberate or not. But um, I don't know. If you're going to go that far out there and not share sources and stuff, does there have to be some sort of legitimacy to it? He does run an analytics company. So Wouldn't there's got to be something well, there behind I'm it. I'm not saying that no one does, but I'm not, I don't think anyone's going out of their way. Um, to, to Maybe he's trying to sell his analytics company. Well, like, oh, I can be. work this out for you. Well, he's analysed my dreams and he's given me Minoru Suzuki against Samoa Joe, so I'm fine with anything else he does, to be fair. Happy with that? Yeah. That, you reckon that, um, that, his office looks thing. like that meme from uh, with Charlie from um, Always Sunny with the strings everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> More like Tony Montana's office. But... Oh, that's what I thought. That's what I thought while she was going to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just sitting at the desk there and there's a bit there. Nah, yeah. I've hit my um, I've hit my limits. I was making I've hit my limits of Charlie jokes. Yeah. Um it's it's all for the entertainment, it's all for the Twitter pop. So continually do it. I don't I like it. It gives no, it's uh, fun. the WWE crowd something more to shit on and it Yeah. He's he's still advertising AEW at the same time. That was like right at the end. So he gives that big rant about um you know, someone's paying these Twitter bots. And then right the last line is tune into a big rampage. <laughs> nice. You've got to get the promoter promotion out there. So. Oh, he's playing to his base. Yeah. So base. it's smart. You know, you know, AEW fans are going to stick up for him and everything like that. And WWE fans. All about the algorithms. Yeah. You know, so. 
Good luck now, to him. Were you guys aware that there were words that you can't say if you're a WWE person? Yep. Yeah, yep. well, Cody Rhodes mustn't have been because he did put a couple out there the other day, didn't he? When he, uh, talking to the Miz, said that he needs to win the World Championship belt and compete against the very best wrestlers. And or, uh, Mrs. Mrs. reply I thought was good. The belts are only used to keep up your pants. Or is it part of it? And he's deliberately doing it because possibly yes, it sets him apart and Definitely. it's clever. Um, I think it'd be great to have Cody using talking about wrestling and championship belts and history, and then having the Miz, who's Mister Sports Entertainment, correcting him. I think yeah. it's really smart. And it's going to help Cody get over. Yeah, because yeah, people will, already over. People will have forgotten that CM Punk already did it in like what 2012 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, Same so shit. Run, run it back. It sets him, sets him apart. It's still the AEW presentation of Cody, which is great. And I'll I'll fully buy in if he get on Raw on a live mic. He gets Stephanie McMahon and a Macho Man in the same sentence. That's when I'll know he's writing his own. Um, Promos and yeah, you because know, some things you're not allowed to say on uh, WWE TV. Divas, another one. I don't know if you should have said that on our podcast personally. Mm. Said what? What did I say? Would you like me to cancel him? Well, if anyone oh. if anyone cared enough, he'd have been cancelled a long time ago. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Uh, and finally, we've got some competition out there, boys. The Undertaker's no, got a podcast. Who's the Undertaker? Who'd he ever be? I have a and feeling. What's his record at WrestleBrainia? He could. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't yeah. think he's ever. Maybe won. you should develop some spooky magic powers for your next win at WrestleBrainia. You know, because he, idea. you know, you know, Undertaker. He, he loves real men. He doesn't like video games, but he's a magic ghost with spooky powers. But... He loves red hats and oh, yeah. don't tread on me. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it's going to be interesting who's going to be uh, sponsoring him. Um, probably uh, the political campaign of Drake Younger, <laughs> Drake Wentz. He is probably doing it. Yeah, that's uh, my referee mentor. Um, <laughs> you just like his newsletter. Well, yeah. I think he's going to talk at my daughter's school in a couple of weeks, so that should be fun too. <laughs> you know? uh, he's not going to no, – he can't take him serious unless he's – you know, is he doing a guest spot on Joe Rogan soon? I don't know. Speaking of flat earthers, I saw um, Flip Gordon has announced. <laughs> oh, control your narratives, Flip Gordon, as as built. <laughs> Pretty smart. Is he going to bring um, the rant room with him? Because I'm interested. I wouldn't mind going in there and debating a flat earth. That would be I, actually that'd be worth I, paying. I wouldn't go because I don't particularly want to watch another Flip Gordon match, but. Um, would you just go for the rant room and then leave? Oh, just the rant room and then, uh, yeah, quickly pick up some Matt Cadona merch and leave. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Debate, it, debate the, the earth being round and hit the bricks. Here's the thing. You'd be 100% right in saying the earth's round. I'm still not convinced you'd win the debate based on your debating skills. Well, that's debate. And I, I know you are a master debater, but not on that, not on that level. If he brings his, his girlfriend or his wife, I think I'll have him beat. Well, as long as he doesn't bring his mate with the umbrella, that's all Let's have a look at what events are coming up around Australia. PCW Slam 299 is in Ferntree Gully on Thursday. That is, of course, Easter 
Eve. Nothing on Good Friday. Saturday, Easter Saturday, DMDU, not here to fuck spiders on Arrow 2. I'm not here to fuck spiders. That's, I think, where the two comes in. Uh, PWSA, Streets of Blood in Modbury. And PWA and Beer Shed presents Get on the Beer Shed at Beer Shed Brewing. That's uh, pretty much all the events that we know about coming out this weekend. So if there's anything that's missed, direct all of your tweets to Lyle. Who are we talking to next week? I'm not sure. I thought you'd say that. Not Drake Younger. No. Maybe we could get The Undertaker to come on, Tony, to pump up his... Haven't we had Undertaker before? We did. Or at least we had his um. Remember that? Remember those terrible cameos he was doing for people. <laughs> oh, we need to roll Emmy out again at some stage. I haven't oh had yeah. Now can we um? Yeah, maybe Mark Calloway is going to do the rounds to plug his new podcast. More more chance um, of getting Duncan Calloway, but yeah, he's a good footballer. Like I'll see Calloway. what we can do. I'll see what I can do. Right. I'll try and get. I'll try and get someone decent. Otherwise, right. we'll just be from Tony. Okay, we should we should get Rachel. Who? I want to save him for a big occasion. Yeah, when Corn has a new album out. Can we let our listeners go, and we'll discuss this after that? Thanks for joining us right here on the Turnbuckle. <laughs>